On this episode, I sit down to talk with Fund Loans account executive, Alexander Inda. Alexander and I talk about the Spartans of old and why it is important to be super focused as a mortgage technician. We talk about what it takes to do quick non-QM fundings and where to find them. If you want to be a specialist in jumbo non-QM, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities. All right, Alex Inda, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Good to have you on, man. So... I don't know. Lately, I've been thinking about Spartans for some reason. I just, uh, I don't know. It's not like I'm obsessed with the movie uh, 300 or anything, but it is a movie that inspired inspired me. And I think part of it was because uh, they were so focused, right, into such a small amount of people uh, because of their intense skill were able to, you know, to, to withhold a massive onslaught of just an insane amount of, of warriors. Um, and so I think we've all seen 300 and if not, you should go watch it now. Cause it's an incredible movie. Um, but a, f- a few of the things that I really like about the Spartans is that they were extremely focused, right? They were like, that's all they did. And from a young age, they they were trained from, I think, as a, like a young boy. I think, I forget what it is, but I think they like let them out to, to go fend for themselves. But um, that's kind of crazy, you know, to think about. I have a son that's 13 and to, <laughs> I don't think he could survive out there in the with the wolves <laughs> at 13, but... You never know. Um, but there's this great scene in the film where this Arcadian army meets up with the Spartans and they scoff at Leonidas because he, you know, he only brought a handful of soldiers to fight this massive army of Xerxes. And um, Leonidas uh, calmly asks some of the soldiers, hey, what's your profession? And one of them says, I'm a potter, you know, and the other guy's like, I'm a blacksmith. And the other one's a, uh, what do you say, a, a sculptor. And then Leonidas goes, Spartans, what is your profession? And they all go, you know, oh, oh. So uh, he's like, see, I've brought more warriors or more soldiers than you have. And I just think that's a cool scene. Can we play that real quick, John? Johnny? We heard Sparta was on the warpath. We were eager to join forces. If it is blood you seek, you're welcome to join us. Would you bring only this handful of soldiers against Xerxes? See, I was wrong to expect Sparta's commitment to at least match our own. Doesn't it? You, there. What is your profession? I'm a potter, sir. And you, Arcadian, what is your profession? Sculptor, sir. Sculptor. You? Blacksmith. Spartans! What is your profession? You see, old friend, I brought more. So, as you can you see, that, uh, that that's pretty pretty cool. So, um, I know you you know you didn't you're not a Greek that I know of, <laughs> but uh, you were you you've had some. Diff, you know, some, some rigorous, I would say probably upbringing, some stories that you could share. What, tell us a little bit about, um, kind of what shaped your sales career and your, your character. 
Right. Um, well, obviously my parents a little bit, yeah. uh, but uh, leading up, at, you know, as a, as a child going to college, um, probably one of the big things that, that started shaping my, my life um, outside of my you know, parental guidance is uh, my career in college, played football. Okay. Five yeah, years. played college ball, huh? Like college ball in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, definitely, a, a, you know, Steel City football all the way. You probably trained in some crazy weather, yeah? I did. Yeah, I remember I played one of my hardest games. It was like five degrees and raining ice. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, you know, you just got to put your cleats on, uh, show up to the field, you know, with your teammates, you know, arm in arm, yeah. uh, ready to go to battle. Um, and that... Uh, were there yeah. days that you just were like screw this i don't want to i don't want to show up i don't want to deal with this i don't want to get out there (laughs) hell yeah but you just did it anytime after october and anytime (laughs) in the summer it was 100 percent humidity um but uh but you know you know that definitely started you know my my motivation um kind of my willpower the bend don't break kind of mentality Uh um and then uh you know one day at a time trying to achieve each goal you know winning from games to winning championships that's awesome. So you guys were winners. Yeah, we started off two and seven my first year, and then uh, I finished off winning our uh, conference championship. Wow, nine and two. So. What do you think was some of the the key things that made you guys win? Like, what would you say? Like some of the elements that helped you? Uh, I think we were just uh, you know from freshmen to seniors, we just banded together, worked as a team. Uh, that's where we really started to uh, see the difference, um, going from an individual mentality to a team mentality. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like how we have here at Fun Loans, uh, everybody cool. under one roof, and and uh, really you know jiving together to reach a common goal. Nice. Um, and I think when you have that common goal in mind, it's a lot easier to attain it. That's great, man. So um, one of the things I would say about like what what here at Fun Loans, like why what like to your point of being a team, um, you know we're we're focused is like Leonidas and this, this, the show that we just watched. Uh, they're all like, right. They're all hundred percent in They're being soldiers. They're not, you know, a potter and they're not, they're not doing, uh, you know, if you, you, you equate that to like mortgages, like they're not doing FHA one day and VA the other day and, you know, reverse mortgages the other day and, and DULP for, for stuff. It's not like this simple type of, uh, more scenario. I mean, we were, we're hundred percent focused on non-QM. Like, what do you see? I, I guess you haven't done any agency, right? Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into mortgages. Yeah. I don't even know what DULP really, <laughs> you know, really means. Um, before I did, uh, mortgages with fund loans, I was with a medical sales company. Okay. Uh, we, uh, marketed to, uh, doctors, dentists, lawyers, plastic surgeons, okay. um, essentially selling marketing campaigns for them to gain new business. Mm-hmm. Um, Going from that to here, obviously brand new eyes, never never knew how to, besides my own mortgage that I signed for yeah. traditionally, um, everything else has been brand new to me, so completely love it though. That's cool. So you don't know what it's like to, to run a DU. I have no idea what a DU is. <laughs> you know, I even still struggle on full doc loans, just you know, quite understanding tax returns and stuff like that. Um, but so would you say your skills are in like bank statement loans and no ratios and yeah, the, stuff like that? The further it goes non-QM, the better I get. That's cool. So you know, three months, twelve months, twenty-four month bank statements, I can mm-hmm. read them. I could you know analyze them. Um, that's probably what's helped me the most in my career here and my recent success is uh, I love first-time brokers 
I love yep. first-time brokers who say, hey, it's my first bank statement loan. I'm like, perfect. Love <laughs> yeah. it. Let's do it together. You're a bank statement virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I was once was, so I know exactly on how to help them. Maybe on if they don't get this one, then on the next one, definitely. That's cool. So what's what's your been your biggest month so far as an AE? Um, coming off my last in November, this is going to be my biggest month in December. Nice. Um, surprisingly, which is normally not a big month for mortgage people. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and everything that we've been able to show here, it will provide the opposite, you know, kind of belief at the end of the day, but you know, I'm on track to you know probably do 9 million this month. So. Wow. So you'll have a good Christmas. I take it. I'll have a great Christmas. That's awesome. But, uh, you know, I think, I think the big goal is, you know, to kind of stay hungry and, and kind of have that Spartan mentality of, you know, kind of conquer each loan and then get the next loan. Right. And then right. work with the team and, and ensure that the next month is going to be better and then better after that. So, so what do you do that keeps you focused and, uh, driven, you know, what, what are some of the things that like some of the like things you could share that's made you successful? Uh, what, what's kept me focused is ensuring that I read the guidelines appropriately. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I kind of pride myself on is I'll make a lot of mistakes here and there, mm-hmm. um, but I won't make the same mistake twice. That's um, good. Yeah. So, so I think when you get over that obstacle of actually ingraining into your mind what works and what doesn't, yeah. when you get it the next time with the same broker or another new broker or loan officer, you'll be able to help that file move even quicker. That makes sense, man. So would you say, I mean, you know, we talk about Spartans, they're highly trained. Like, are you, you know, you haven't been in the business 10 years or 20 years. You're not a veteran in mortgages. But I would say, like, your training has been really focused and specific, you know, on, uh, on non-QM. Like, what, uh, I mean, I think you could look at two people, set them side to side and you see one person that, you know, maybe been doing it forever. Right. And the next guy, maybe, uh, like you, you've been doing it less, but you have the hunger and you have the, the, uh, you care, right. You have this, this caring attitude about the file, about the loan, like about the broker. And you can really tell a difference when there's like some, some quality of, of caring about something versus nonchalant and like, whatever like you know you don't pay attention as much if you don't care you just you just you know you just let like deals fall out if they have if they fall out they fall out but like tell me about kind of your mentality of how like each deal matters to you yeah, Cause I know I've seen that where you fight for your your brokers and you fight your for your deals well yeah I, I get kind of attached to the borrowers you know without even talking to them <laughs> and I see a name I see a mortgage and, and I see something that we could attain so I'm gonna do everything in my power to, to get it to the finish line yeah um, there's some stuff that just comes up that you can't control you know broker side and my side mm-hmm. um, the best recommendation I can make to anybody is the more you know the better we could figure it out together yeah because um, there's uh, David always says uh, there's a there's a home for every loan um, and uh, you know we try to make that happen as much as possible in the non-QM space. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of motivation from some loan officers, if I see that they're, you know, full full file submission on the first day, mm-hmm. I know they're after. I know they know their stuff. Right. I'm there with them. So that way, when it comes off the tracks, if anything, we both know at the same time, we're calling each other at the same time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you you see the flip side of things. You know, you'll see one condition a day mm-hmm. for like three weeks. And then and then at There's the end... trailing of, in conditions. Right. And yeah, yeah, it's not good. And, and one thing I've heard a lot in the business since I'm new in it is time kills deals. Yeah. And I didn't really understand it until, you know, until you kind of live through it. Right. And it's true. Loans, you know, for us, maybe, you know, we like to do loans within 30 days for sure. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of been my 
where I've been really, you know, seeing a positive influence in, in, in my recent files. Uh, and then anything over 30 days, I'm sure we can run statistics on the, on the fallout. Yeah. If it goes longer than, say, 45 days, the chance of it closing diminishes quickly. What was the fastest loan you ever closed? Uh, nine business days in August. Damn. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, was, how uh, big was that one? It was uh, 400000 okay. standard. It was a fallout of UWM, okay. um, but it was one of, one of our non-QM deals. Yep. Um, we got it. transferred loan? Or? It was a W-2 pay stub only loan, but extended mm-hmm. DTI, uh, fell out of agency, and then we were able to get it done in nine business days. But uh, Excellent. A recent one in November, I got it done in 11 business days, was a new time broker, bank statement loan, uh, commingled. He had uh, an Etsy company plus a side business. Mm-hmm. So multiple sources of income and right. we got that done uh in same month funding wow. purchase that's so, great what would you say like really helped that was it a full package or was it that the broker really was on top of it or what like what was the, the key factor yeah so experience helps but this was his first time doing a bank statement loan mm-hmm. but what he had was he had the bar the, the borrower's confidence and then he was up at it any new right. condition he was on it we had it the next day and that's why we were able to fund that thing in less than 15 business days that's cool and even in november with all the holidays that we had we had like pretty much three holidays yeah november is a short month <laughs> such a short month um so what what uh, i think at this day and age it's super important to be a like a mortgage technician right like i think i look back and think back when it was like 2003 2004 5 6 it was like easy to just you know be a good salesman to go make relationships and then you know you're out golfing and then you bring in the deals but like as a mortgage loan officer now i think it's more more it's extremely important to be a technician what i mean by that is like to really understand the the loan not to just not just you know, be the guy going out smiling and making it rain, right? You, you're, you're, you're knowing about your products. You're knowing what you have, you know, you're knowing the tools that you have to, to really get deals done. What, what would you say as an AE, like, how are you a technician and how do you help mortgage brokers become better technicians or processors even? All right. So I try to be a technician, I think in two different ways, one with general guidelines and knowing my programs well, knowing the borrower well, knowing where their income's coming from and and things like that. Um, So we could structure the loan appropriately and pick the best program. But I think also the second part of it in, uh, in, in talking to your broker uh, often is being a technician in time. You know, knowing important dates, you know, when to lock. When um, the CD needs to go out to close on time, yeah. <laughs> exactly. When's the close of escrow and kind of draw a map and have that conversation frequently. Mm-hmm. Those have been some of my best deals with brokers, new or old. Having a fluid plan, you know, getting the timeline down and then getting the program down and just fine tuning it from there once you kind of set the stage. Do you think uh, there's, there's been like. I've heard the, the term control your borrower, right? Like that's been something that I've heard as, a, as an originator before and makes me think of loan officers. There's some loan officers out there that are kind of like timid or they're afraid of their borrower. Like they don't want to piss them off. They don't want them to go somewhere else. They don't want them to not like them. And if, you know, so they let the borrower kind of steer everything and control the deal. Whereas there's some other types of loan officers. There's other type of loan officers who are, uh, more dominant and they're they're more uh in control of their borrower like they 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 i don't mean like controlling crazy freak but like they control the timeline they control getting the documents in and they they're very uh definitive about intent like what what they need at this specific time um 
what have you seen? Because you I know you talk to brokers every day. Like the ones who are really successful, do you do you think some of them have that? same skill set as like they're like, okay, I'm going to have my borrower get this. I'm going to make sure that they do this on this date. Or do you think like, have you seen a difference in like kind of how some loan officers are one way and others are the other and like how that affects their closing? Yeah, I, I've seen, I know of two just top of my head that I could instantly think of. Um, I have a file um, that uh, started off as an ratio and then the bar wanted to go full doc because he thought he could make it full doc and right. and then b- without the broker even knowing the tax returns or knowing the file just kind of dumped it on our lap mm-hmm. and and I asked him I was like well do you know if he could qualify on full doc I mean he he ended up qualifying mm-hmm. um, but it, you know he almost lost the purchase agreement it took him an additional you know 30 days he had to pay a per diem per day um, and that's just simply, you know, not being able to um, tell your borrower and give him good advice in the beginning right. on how he should be structuring his loan. Um, and I think that commonly happens, especially nowadays with people maybe shopping and the mm-hmm. industry maybe changing. Um, but uh, but we still have to, you know, adhere to the, to the guidelines and the rules. Um, another yeah. one I have is. 4.2 million funding this month. Mm-hmm. She is on top of it. She has this bar for five, six years. Knows her, knows the borrower's files up and down. That's good. This is this 4.2 we're going to be funding is going to happen in like 14 business days in December. Nice. It's insane. Cash refis both, non-QM jumbos both. So it's crazy. That's awesome. So it's key to know your borrowers. Key to know the pro- the product, the guidelines. Is key to know, you know, the the income to know everything. I mean, obviously that makes a huge difference I would say too yeah I mean I look back at loans that um, we closed in in the early days in 2003 and 2004 we didn't know all that stuff we were just out there playing golf and we're you know we, we weren't really technicians back then but as time has changed and, you know, especially with big jumbo loans, you've got to be that way. You can't be like the soccer, uh, you know, the <clears throat> like how some realtors are just out there. and They don't really know. You know, you know, there's some realtors that are really great. They're like uh, knowledgeable realtors. But then there's some realtors out there that are just like barely have done deals and they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, you can tell like you can really tell when there's a loan officer who's a technician and a loan officer who's just completely clueless. Right. I mean, so I think it's like, how would you say, you know, what could you offer a loan officer to help them become, you know, a better technician? Like there are things that you do, you teach, like give them like, like, do you ever do webinars or do you have like, um, like any forms that they, like, or like training materials that you think? Yeah. So, um, most recently what I've been doing a lot has been helpful is, uh, when I go through bank statements with my first time brokers or loan officers, I'll send them a worksheet that I've used and some yeah. stuff that I know that we can't count, we can't count as income and some stuff that we can, right. um, kind of give them the premise of it. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to know the borrower completely, but I can kind of gauge it from what they tell me that they do for work and what their expenses are typically. Right. Um, but I think once once kind of somebody teaches you, it's like that. Well, how's that old adage going? You could teach, you could lead a. It's better. It's better to fisherman. Yeah, you get well. There's a couple of those. You can bring a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink, right? right and then that's one. Teach teach a man to fish. Uh, eat for a lifetime. Eat for a lifetime. Yeah. If you right. teach a fish. Give a man a fish. He eats for a day. God, I knew there's a reason Teach why I was edgy in there, Johnny. Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Yeah. Teach a man a fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. That's so true. And I think this non-curial space is is where it's going to be at for a long time. Bank right. statement loans, self-employed borrowers. If you can nail it down, bank statement loans. 
I have one broker, all she goes after is CPAs. Yeah. And because that's where self-employed borrowers go. So, so she true. has a huge pipeline of people buying jumbo homes because they've built their business to where they have a CPA, they have a private advisor. Mm-hmm. They're set up already. Now they just need to buy their investment properties right. to add their, to their portfolio. And she, that's who she's going after. She's killing it. Um, let's talk about that for a second. So CP, you know, you think about a CPA, imagine what a CPA looks like and no disrespect because CPAs are smart as you know what they're, they're great people, right? Most of them. We need them. <laughs> we need them. But like, you think a CPA is out there looking for a mortgage broker, you know, they're not out there trying to find loan officers. Like they need you as a mortgage broker to go find them and let them know what you do. Let them know about your products. Let them know. Right. Like, I mean, so the more you can reach out to CPAs and let them know what you do, let them know about our, your products, the better chance that you have to get that, those deals. Cause there's, there's a lot of people that just don't have the awareness that these, these, these bank statement loans exist. So if I'm just saying like advice, like if I needed loans tomorrow, I would go meet with some CPAs, take them to, to coffee or lunch and basically just tell them, show them the form. Like CPAs like math, right? That's why they're in this business. Show them these forms. Like this is how we qualify the income. Like, and I'm sure that they would get excited. They'd be like, Oh wow. Like you don't have to use a tax return. No. You don't have to use a tax return. We don't even look at a tax return. But this is a way that you can show income, you know, beyond the tax return. And I think they will all of a sudden start thinking, oh, I had this client, I had this client, I have that client. And boom, they could just be the best referral source on the planet. So, sorry, that was a little, little uh, what we call it, uh, million-dollar mortgage experience advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's huge. That's huge. And I've seen the falls. You know, even if you get a CPA first time, you get that first borrower first time, but they're only going to grow their business. They're not going to let their business fail. Right. And they're going to get a home with their business. So it's like it works, in, you know, it works together to increasing their value with their business and their home. So true. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's one bit of advice I would give them. Um, and the second bit of advice is, you know, uh, the major reason why I love working here, you know, we're, we're, our name is Fun Loans. You know, we're here to fund loans right. um, as a team together. You know, that's our only purpose. Uh, we're, we're not, like you said, doing FHA or, nope. or, 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 you know, regular bank loans. And we're not even, um, you know... We're not an ATM either. You know, all we do is loans for mortgages. Right. So I think once you get that mission down of you know what do you want to do in your career path, you know, mm-hmm. once you decide that and, and get that mission and that goal, um, and whatever you do, you know, we have ours, which is funding loans. You know, that would also help you. Right. Do you ever get calls like, what's a typical call like? You know, I'm, I've never sat in your seat, so like, what would you say a typical typical call is? from a mortgage broker on a day-to-day basis? Like, give me some examples. Yeah, typically I just get the, you know, quick call. Like, Hi, hey. my name's Joe, and I got a scenario. Yeah, like, I got a scenario, you know, 745 go, you know, cash out refi, mm-hmm. three million value. Um, and that's pretty much it Some sometimes. Um, so you have to talk them through it. Say, okay, well, is he self-employed? And, you know, full doc. And right. A lot of people say stated, but stated can mean a lot of different things in a non-QM space. Um, stated to me means no income, no assets, but stated to some means bank statements. Sure. So I think once you get over those hurdles of, of, of laying it all on the table the first time, right. you, you'll you help your AE or your or the AE will help the loan officer or broker in finding the best possible suit and saying, hey, we can get this done. We need to go this direction or, or after I reviewed everything that you gave me, mm-hmm. you know, this might not be able to get done in, in, in the fashion that you wanted to get done. 
Right. Well, I, I think um, you do a great job as an AE, and I, I know you've seen some crazy scenarios. Non-QM for me is like, is really fun because every day there's something new, right? I've been doing this 20, almost 22 years. And you'd think that I would see, see every scenario or I've seen every scenario that ever existed with that many loans and that many years in the business. But like literally every day you guys come in my office and like, Oh my God, I have this deal. <laughs> this is the, de- this is the deal. This is the problem. And I'm like, wow. Like I, I literally get stuff I've never heard of ever. And it, and it's really fun because it makes my brain work overtime and create it, you know, be creative. And there's a lot of things that, uh, that, that are boring in this business. Like mm-hmm. there's the repetitive, you know, a lot of DU and LP running these things. It's just like, does it fit? Does it fit? Boom, done. No. And you just like almost like an autopilot where you turn your brain off and it doesn't, you don't use that creative side of your brain. But, um, I say all that to say like, you know, our job is to find a, a home and a, and a, a fit for someone who doesn't fit. So like, um, do you have any, anything come to mind of like weird scenarios that you could share just cause like, I, I mean, I could share some too, but like, what is something that you've recently seen? I know you had one with a crazy, like really, really unique home. That was a beautiful house. Like, yeah. You want to yeah. talk about that one maybe real quick? Yeah, definitely. Great, great one to talk about. Frank Lord Wright house in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, beautiful historic house. Uh, value is mid five million range. Mm-hmm. Um, borrower is strong. It's actually another non-QM kind of file. He's in the he's in the cannabis industry, mm-hmm. so we could lend to cannabis industry um, workers and employees, um, no problem. Which is nice. It gives us an advantage. Um, right. But also on the flip side, it's an historic property, which some people won't touch because um, of the resale value of it. But we can do both. Yeah. Um, I didn't know who Frank Lloyd Wright was before <laughs> I got the file. You know, yeah, if you, if you don't know who that person is, a lot of you might not. Google Google the name Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, he's an architect and he's just really different. Yeah, it's, they're cool properties, but I mean, yeah. When I think of uh, fun loans, and when, or even when I just think of Los Angeles, I think of this house. Yeah. It is just right out of a movie. It's crazy. Um, that's one, you know, kind of different scenario on the borrower and on the property. Mm-hmm. But a different one too is, you know, on a six million dollar, I mean, sixty acre property, Napa Valley. Yeah. You know, six parcels, you know, old vineyard, stuff like that. Just you, you'll get a call on a single family residence. You're going to call on a 30 acre property. It's just, right. it's wild. So. That's cool. What was the biggest, most expensive, um, deal you ever came across? I mean, not that what you funded it, but just that you saw, I just got a scenario on an $18 million uh, purchase price. Nice. Yeah, um, so he, the loan's going to be probably around, he wants to get as much as possible because at that loan amount, you know, you're putting a lot down, but yeah. uh, maybe like $15 million on loan amount. So yeah. the 22, 22 on sale now, but they're negotiating the purchase price. Um, and then, you know, the uh, we could go up to, you know, obviously $15 million, So um, he's gonna probably going to leverage 60% of the LTV at that point. Nice. So, yeah. That'll be a big day, payday. <laughs> it's out there. You'd know, be surprised. Some people think it's like you know far in between these loan sizes, but um, I have another seven million dollars. Let scenario. them keep thinking that, so we can get them all. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a seven million dollars scenario too out there. I mean, six million dollars scenario too. Yeah. You know, p- businesses out there. You know. I wonder how many homes there are if we were to Google Johnny. Pull up, um, like in. Uh, wait, do you have Redfin? I can go there. Yeah, go to Redfin and do a search in Los Angeles for homes uh, 5 million plus. 
I wonder how many there are. And you know that with like, I mean, Bitcoin crashed, but you know, with like everything from like these crazy influencers that are making tons of money on YouTube or these, uh, it's just there's so, like the yeah the cannabis business. These people are making so much money. Um, the YouTubers, the um, I mean, what else? There's like a ton of different types of pe- like self-employed people out there that are just crushing it. We have a really great economy right now. I know the stock market's being a little bit you know is pulling back, which definitely is a sign of uh, people. You know, I think when they pull back on the stocks, they're going to put that money into real estate. Because when people get nervous about you know the instability and the volatility of the market, they want something that's safer and collateralized. So like they'll put money in real estate, they'll put money into into funds like REITs, you know that that invest in mortgages and then and mortgage you know hard money, private money stuff because you know the money can't really go to zero. You can't lose all your your principal and stuff like that. So what that does usually is it kind of similar to the year two thousand one, two thousand two, when the dot com bubble burst and then all that money started going into you know the a lot of the wall street money started going into uh you got you got the numbers yeah so just in la los angeles um on redfin i typed in uh 4.75 million and above that's the max they had and there's 18 pages (laughs) and there's 20 per page so that's 360 on Redfin right now. Listings? Listings. Wow. And some of them, some of them are like 12, like here's a 12.9 million, you know, 10 million, 7 million. So it's not just 5 million. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the most expensive one there? I don't know. Let me, let me, let me look. <clears throat> I do think that there was like, you know, so I've heard someone say uh, that a lot of builders stopped making the lower end properties because it just didn't pencil out. You know, like the 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 cost of labor, the cost of materials, and so to make a home that's six hundred thousand dollars is is not going to pencil out the same as if you were to do that. The margin, the profit margin, is much less than if you were to build a home that's $5 million, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just read an article about property flipping on loans, on homes above 1 million. Mm-hmm. And how, like you said, the margin is just that much better and, you know, it takes right. a little more investment, but you'll make a lot more money. I don't want to give away too many secrets, but I know some people who are flipping 1.5 plus homes, yeah. you know, million dollar ranges because uh, people are buying them. Yeah. You know, they're flipping them for a reason yep. and that's where they make their money, you know? So true. There's so, you think there's like, how many pages was that? Um, what did I say? 18? 18 pages. With 20? Three, yeah. 20 per page. That's 360 homes. Properties. And the most expensive one on Redfin in Los Angeles alone is uh, 11 million. Jeez. Yeah. I know, though, in, in Los Angeles, there, I think it's Beverly Hills, or uh, there's one for 250 million, I think. Jeez. Holy we we just got a scenario for a hundred and thirty five million dollar home. Wow. They uh, they're trying to negotiate it down to a hundred and ten or hundred and five, and they're going to put fifty percent down. The borrowers. Uh, so yeah, I guess we could do we could do bigger than fifteen million case by case, but um, that's insane. So do it do a search in San Francisco. Same search. Right. I'd just be curious to see kind of where, because like you said earlier, that, that people think, oh, there's not that many, there's not that many of these, these loans out there, right? 
Now you you might argue, uh, well, yeah, there's you know 20 pages of those, but how many buyers are there, right? Well, I would think it's safe to say that a lot of those a lot of the people that could qualify for the home like that think they have to go full doc. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have the tax returns for it. Yeah, yeah, you're but right. But if they knew that there was a loan with bank statements or a one-year tax return program because they just got they started a new business and they're crushing it and and they're able to uh, get the get the you know use that to finance it. Right. You know? And I think it's even more of a reason to go to your CPAs. Um, I have a, on my eighteen million dollars scenario, it guys qualifying on one-year tax returns yeah. because his business exploded. It's yep. exploded so much where. Where, where banks are trying to get like give him money on his business. What industry is it? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I actually, actually don't know what his industry is. Is he pretty young person? Or? Pretty young person, yeah. he's uh, he, he I think he invented some sort of product. Um, nice. And he wasn't really quite sure on what he could qualify for, but he met one of my brokers, um, and uh, he, he's been drawing a, a good timeline <laughs> and a good map about how to get them to this eight million, $18 million purchase. Jeez. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, I think without that knowledge, like you said, he probably needed to qualify. He was probably going to Wells Fargo and saying, Hey, what do I qualify for? And they were like, nothing. Cause we you only have you, one year. Yeah. Wait, come see me in a year. Yeah. We ran you through our system and then said no go. So, you know, I think about too, like you think about, um, how many people are renting, right? Like you could, you, you could literally go and, this is what I challenge you to do. Go find rents, properties that have renters in them. Like you can, you can call a title company and they'll give you this information. So anyone who's paying, or I think on the MLS, you could find this. Anyone who's paying like seven grand a month or more, you know, to, to, on a rental, you could mail to those people. Hey, like if you're paying 10 grand a month in, in rent, you're obviously, you know, there's a reason why maybe it's cause you don't know you can qualify. Like we can do a loan we could do a loan for that person. So that's, I think right there you could pick up, you know, buyers that just have no awareness of, you know, that they would qualify for. Did you find what, like in San Francisco? Yeah. So there's not as many, but not as many over 5 million. Oh yeah, correct. Not, not as many over 5 million. There's three pages that, I mean, that's still 20 a page. So that's still a good amount. So um, 60, 60 homes over 5 million. Right. But the loan amounts go up to 25 million. 25 and then there's like um it's not a, a, a single family residence but it's another property in general it's like a fourplex or something like that yeah it's like 30 million wow yeah that's cool do um <laughs> do do seattle do like bellevue washington there's more i mean we, we're in 15 states now so there's yeah. a lot of markets we well, just got that, hawaii and that's pretty big Hawaii, so, dude Hawaii's like, huge uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see like Honolulu or Kauai. I got a scenario know? on a Hawaii no ratio deal, a twenty-two million property value. Looking at some, looking at like a two million no ratio one. Yeah, and LTV is <laughs> is like fifteen percent or whatever that wow. is. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Hawaii is a good market. You know, that, now that we're licensed there. Yeah. You know, knowing that this non-QM space is out there, and you know, kind of, uh, you know, if it doesn't fit. Um, Hawaii has a lot of you know great value in the property and you know in the house. So, man, if you don't, if you can't get loans, like go get a couple more licenses. Get get yourself a Hawaii license. You just pay a fee. <laughs> invest in your career. You know, get get yourself a Hawaii license. Get yourself a Colorado license because there's Aspen and you know and some really nice ski resort towns. And just call 
call the realtors up there and say, hey, I got products. You know, like, I really think, you know, if you were to survey realtors in these different places, they'd be like, oh, no, people have to pay cash. They have to pay cash. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Right. You could get leads. And they don't have to pay hard money rates either, you know? No, I just think we priced one for $10 million, the sixes or something like that. Right, yeah. Six point seven five. Exactly. Exactly. That was a that was a good that's a good deal. Yeah. Um, what do you see? All right. So Bellevue. Oh, let me add a minimum. I saw one million dollar in there. You don't want that. <laughs> when one million's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah put I think, like three million minimum. Okay, three. Because that that's still a pretty hefty one. Yeah. All right, three million. In Bellevue, Washington, there's four pages. That's a lot. Yeah, that's all. That's that's quite. A you get yourself a license in Washington. You know, I'm sure there's areas in Oregon. I'm sure there's areas in Montana ski ski resorts and you know ski ski homes and lodges and um, Utah for sure. Park City, Deer Valley. Uh, Guess how expensive they like the most expensive house in in Washington is. 20 million. 45 million. This is next to Bill Gates, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much Bill Gates' house is worth. Um, all right, let's look up one more. Look up Miami. Miami? Yeah, look up Miami. Do, do above 3 million. And are you doing all like condos and single families? Or are you just doing. Okay. This is, I've never done this on, on a podcast. This is interesting. What, searching homes? Yeah, just searching, seeing what's out there, like in this market right now. Yeah, so there are, in Miami, above 3 million, we have 17 pages. <laughs> so that's that's 17 times 20. Quick math, quick math. That's 340. 340. Yeah, it's kind of like Los Angeles. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you have to look at all the stuff changing too in the in the U.S. with like you know added sports teams like Nevada might be huge. You know different mm-hmm. uh, different you know Olympics coming in a couple of years and you know investment properties going up and people having to kind of structure their taxes a little differently. You know, I right. think people really need to figure out you know who's buying what and then go after you know the kind of that that customer and that consumer because right. they're out there. You know, these homes are, are buying and selling pretty quickly. They are. Um, market uh, you know in, in our eyes in the non-QM space like I said in the beginning December has been my biggest month mm-hmm. January is going to be bigger February is going to be bigger so get in the non-QM space because it's growing yeah it's blowing up mm-hmm. I mean you literally once you start getting good at this and you know this you know this market what's exciting is like when you get someone pre-qualified like if you get a a borrower pre-qualified for a seven million dollar six million dollar purchase like that's exciting because you know they're gonna get a house you know they're not gonna just shop forever they're gonna find they're gonna be pre-qualified then they're gonna find a place and they're gonna buy the place i mean it's they're going to do it. Then they're going to tell their buddies. You know, if you're in the, if you're in this space, you're an entrepreneur and you've got, you know, you need to use bank statements to qualify and you go out there and you, and you buy a house and you have your party, your first party or your housewarming party and your friends, people talk, they're, they're going to say, Oh, you should call my buddy, you know? And, and then what happens is you start getting this like snowball effect of like referrals and, um, you know, oh, call this guy. Cause they know, you know, they're, they're, they can do miracles and you start getting this reputation. So like I, 
I encourage everyone that's watching this, to, listening to this, to become an expert in this in this field, and then just start thinking out of the box, trying to figure out how you can also uh, go find these clients. I mean, there are going to be CPAs that can get you there. You can be these high end realtors in these different cities that we're looking on Redfin. There's um, there's a number. I mean, we've given away so many secrets on the mortgage million dollar mortgage minute series, but. Um, you know, call me uh, or send me a LinkedIn message and ask me for, I'll give you 10 minutes of my time and I'll call and we can chat about uh, all these different ideas. And, and uh, I think one time we gave away, I gave someone an idea to go to a um, entrepreneur. I think it was a, uh, in LA, there was, they're having an entrepreneur convention and to like put up a booth, you know, in, in, a, in a convention or just go show up there and just, you know, talk to people there that are entrepreneurs. Just, it's like, where do you go to find tuna fit? You know, tuna, you go out and you have a certain lure and then you, you go follow, you know, you know how to, you go with an expert, you're going to find exactly the thing that you're looking for. If you go to an entrepreneur convention, you, that is exactly where all your clientele are. They're all there. And, you know, you, the, the, the whole key is to get their attention, to get their aware, you know, to get them, you know, to know what products we have and to know that this exists so that, I mean, like I said, they're renting. So if they're renting, you can also go after their, you know, their rental. You can send them a letter. You can, you get, you get their address uh, right on the MLS because you can see that the house was listed for rent. And, you know, I think, you know, we also, we do a lot of investment properties that are high end, right? Do a ton of investment properties. And so we, there's got to be tenants that are, that are renting those places. We have the names and lists of those, so we can literally go help them get out and get into their own house. But. Yeah, exactly. And, and plus, you know, the cannabis industry. I mean, I, yeah. if, you, if you ask them if they could get out. Didn't a, Trump just, like, say something about, like, passing a law that hemp is now legal or something for the, the industry? Right, it passed the Federally. House and the Senate. He's about to sign on a, on a federal law that, that all farmers could grow hemp. And that's going to, you know blow a hole through a lot That's of these huge. Yeah, federal regulations and and uh, but you know even before that you know fund loans we could f- fund cannabis employees you know so right. go after your cannabis shops go after your cannabis owners they're making a ton of money you know they some are. of them are looking to buy homes maybe they don't know they qualify right you know i think that would be a huge asset to loan officers especially in the, in the loan in the states that allow it right. um you know obviously colorado los angeles and, and uh and washington, uh, washington. oregon too now right oregon right. Right. So, I mean, just, I mean, if you look in LA, I used to, I was from LA, you know, every other block had another, you know, cannabis store. So right. those are all entrepreneurs starting their business, probably needing a home. Yeah. Go after them. I'm sure, I guarantee you, probably not a lot of people have. And we <laughs> yeah. can get rates for them that rate, they don't get a hit for working in the cannabis industry. No, they don't. You know, the rates are still on the fives. Don't get a hit. That's <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I know, exactly. But the rates are still in the fives, very competitive. So, yeah, that's good, good huge point well this has been fun it's been good um let's uh let's wrap it up with like you know give us kind of like the last last bit of you know any advice that you think would help um a loan officer become successful from your point of view yeah just try, try to take every borrower in their file um try to know it like the back of your hand um because that's not going to be your borrower one time that's going to be the borrower for the rest of their life repeat um, business repeat business don't be afraid about talking about rates yeah um let them ask them a question let's say you know what home do you want and then when do you want to close 
you know, those are two questions I ask my loan officers. Who do you want to close? <laughs> exactly. And then, and then we could go from there and, and, and you could go, I could go as fast as you want it. Right. So uh, the more you know your file, the more you tell me in the beginning or any AE here at Fund Loans, we could find a home for and we could go very fast. It's awesome. Very fast. So Great. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's Fun Loans together.